Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Chris Canty on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Which NFL team needs a week most in Week 12? 729-3776. The Lions just need a week period. I don't care if it's Week 12, Week 13, <laughs> Week 14, Week 15. Right now they are winless for the season. And they have two questions outside the obvious, Key and Chris. Number one, are they going to win the game? And right now you look at the rest of their schedule, it's not looking likely, although you guys know the NFL pretty well. Anything can happen, so that's number one issue. But the number two issue, after the, in the offseason, what are they going to do about the quarterback position? Because Jared Goff, Evan Will, not producer, said he had his best game of the year, and we were rolling on the floor laughing when he said that. But they're going to have to make a decision, Key, about what are they going to do because this guy is clearly not the answer for the Detroit Lions. You know, I don't know what they're going to do, right? I don't think that they'll draft a rookie quarterback. Um, this is Dan Campbell, one of my former teammates, and, and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, another teammate, and Coach Anthony Lynn, offensive coordinator, former coach of mine. When you when when I know the staff and I know these guys a little bit, I think they're they're going to try and stay as patient as they can with building this roster and building this team. Yeah, you don't ever want to see somebody not win a game, but this could very well be the first time that you've seen two franchises go over. Hmm. Um, and and it's, a, it's, you know, they're new coaches. This is the first time head coach that's learning on the job in Dan Campbell. Do you bring in a veteran quarterback to compete with Jared Goff? I don't know that you do. Maybe you draft a guy in the second round, third round. You find a gym that you can kind of bring along. And, and if Jared Goff is not the guy long term, after next season, you can insert that guy into the lineup because it's awfully expensive to pick up a guy, give up, you know, pay the money. You got picks from the Rams, but there's no quarterback out in the college circuit right now that I feel comfortable with taking with a first-round pick and making him my franchise. I'd like to try to get a little more out of Jared Goff and see if it works. Yeah, I think Jared Goff ends up being a really good bridge to whatever you're doing next, and I'm not necessarily sure you're going to take a quarterback with your top pick or potentially the number one overall pick, especially in a weak quarterback draft. So I'm with Key on this one. I think you use the two first-round picks. You fill out the supporting cast. There's a pass rush out in Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. That seems like that would be a good fit. And after watching that Detroit Lions defense try to put pressure on Andy Dalton, it's clear that they can't unless they send pressure right now. So starting with the pass rush is a good place to turn for them. And then continuing to you know try to fill in some of the holes that you have on your roster because, quite frankly, there is a talent deficiency in Detroit. So, yeah, I don't think that they necessarily need to be in a hurry to try to figure out the quarterback spot just because based on Jared Goff's contract, you know he's going to be in Detroit for at least another season. So allow him to be an expensive bridge to whatever you're doing next at the quarterback position, but realize that this is going to be a long-term process in terms of finding that long-term franchise quarterback for Detroit. They got three picks in the first 33 picks. They got two first-rounders, and of course they're probably going to have a top pick in the second round of the draft if they don't trade out of that. So 
there should be value in taking a potential first-round grade quarterback, even though there are not a lot of those guys out there in this draft, in the second round, the back of what you and Key had to say. And you can groom that guy a little bit where you can have a potential Jalen Hurts situation like we have in Philadelphia or another guy, Russell Wilson, that was drafted in the third round by the Seattle Seahawks. They had Matt Flynn. They thought that was going to be the guy, and they drafted Russell Wilson. Then he was able to play above his draft grade, and now we've seen the superstar quarterback that he has become. So you can make that work by fortifying other areas if you're Detroit, Chris and Key, and still get a quarterback and not have a first-round quarterback paying him first-round money and getting him in the second yeah. round. You, you can, but you've got to be able to evaluate, right? You've got to be able True. to scout, evaluate, and understand what the quarterback is that you're getting. It could be a Jalen Hurts. It could be a Russell Wilson. It could be a Dak Prescott. But you've got to know that those are the guys. You don't More times often than not, top five quarterbacks don't pan out in this league. They just don't. It's the other guys that are the ones that pan out. I mean, when you look at it, number one overall picks at quarterback outside Eli Manning, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, those guys have not gone to Super Bowls. And so when you when you start to look at it, you know, Troy Aikman a long time ago, obviously, you know, John Elway, those sort of things. But in recent history, mm-hmm. those number one overall picks, the Andrew Lux of the world, they hadn't taken their teams to Super Bowls. Cam Newton got there. They didn't win. So you can find a quarterback if you just know what you're looking at. You, you know, too many quarterbacks get pushed up in the scouting evaluation standpoint. Even the New York Jets, for instance, Zach Wilson, throw of the throw of the pro day. Oh, we got to get this guy. Right. You you you, you got to every now and then, man. You you take a look at a guy like Derek Carr. He went in the second round. Pretty good quarterback. Pretty good quarterback in the National Football League, I would say. Yeah, I think when it comes to the failure rate for quarterbacks taken at the top of the draft, it's usually because they're going to poorly run organizations and they're asking those guys to do too much too early in their pro careers rather than doing the right things and developing them properly and making sure that you have the right supporting cast around them. And so I think that's that's going to be the key for whatever the Detroit Lions do. And, Freddie, I'm with you in terms of them taking a quarterback maybe in the second round, late in the first round, um, trying to find value in that, but also understanding that we don't have to be in a rush to play this guy because we do have a competent quarterback in Jared Goff, who was a former number one overall pick, who did play in a Super Bowl. Uh, so you have somebody that's there that can at least be competent while you wait for the right opportunity, the right spot to insert your young quarterback to see what he can do. So, yeah, I- I'm of the belief that they shouldn't be looking at quarterback at the top of the draft, and this team has plenty of other needs that they can address based on the position groups that are deep in the 2022 NFL draft. But right now what they need is a win, a win, a win. They got the Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Packers the rest of the regular season. They got more important issues before they worry about a quarterback when it comes to replacing Jared Goff. That will take care of itself. Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Candy, Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, series X and Channel 8 and ESPN2. We've asked all day long, all morning long, in the Dr. Pepper Conlon line, who needs a win most in Week 12 at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jordan in California, talk about the Lions situation before we get to who needs to win. Jordan, what do you have to say? Okay, well, I, I, I just want to say this. I think the Lions, they, they're, what they're doing is they're passing down a bad diet. They're, they have a losing culture. They have a strong coach. But the attitude, where's the, where's the coach 
or the veteran player that says enough is enough. Enough is enough. We need to come to this facility and start to win. The culture needs to change. Well, I think that's what they I think that's what they're trying to do. Right. They're trying to change the culture. That's why you bring in new coaches, Mm -hmm. new front of uh, uh, front line leaders at the organization, new general managers and coordinators, coaches. That's what you do to change the culture. And the coaches doesn't change overnight with a first time head coach just doesn't doesn't happen that way. Um, You know, you you look at coaches changing on bad teams with guys that have been there and done that at the coaching ranks. Dan Campbell is new at this. Although he's played in the NFL, he's been an assistant coach, he's never been a head coach. Mm -hmm. And he's more of a CEO-type head coach than he is a X and O guy. So it's going to take a little bit longer. I mean, they're not bringing in Wade Phillips. They're not bringing Mm -hmm. in Bill Belichick that have had all sorts of battles and wounds and scars throughout the years to know exactly what to do. I, I think that they'll be okay in the future. I just don't know if they'll get the time to turn things around because you know how it is in this league, not only fans but owners, they get impatient and, and they won't let things develop. And, and I was talking to somebody the other day, Canty, and I was saying, I don't know who it was. It might have been Evan. It could have been anybody. And I was talking about look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, for instance. Mm. Just look at that. And this was this was – this was about, a, I don't know which team, but just look at the Steelers. They stay the course. They don't look and be trying to change a coach after a first playoff loss and another playoff loss and another playoff loss. They just stay with it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they go to the Super Bowl, they get one. Then they playoffs, playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, they lose. Go to the playoffs, they get one. You know, Bill Cowher would still be there. Bill Cowher decided to leave. So it's kind of like, why, I don't understand, and y'all could try to help me understand this. Why aren't NFL owners like looking at that and saying, you know what, we need to we need to just do what the Pittsburgh Steelers do? Why? why I don't understand that. Well, you know what it is, Key. Everybody gets impatient. Yep. Everybody wants instant success, success, and so they're thinking if you add a couple of the main ingredients, whether it's head coach, general manager, or quarterback, things are all of a sudden going to change. And it doesn't necessarily work like that. It takes everybody within the organization in order to have success. And these poorly run franchises don't do a great job of developing quarterbacks. But another thing they struggle to do is developing young head coaches. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about when it comes to Dan Campbell. There's a lot of on-the-job learning that comes along with that. And you saw that on display in the final three minutes of that game against the Bears. Like, just not taking the timeouts on the right side of the uh, two-minute warning. And then on that third and four, you decide you're going to bring a blitz and you got guys playing 10 yards off and allow an easy completion underneath for a first-down conversion that allows them to bleed the clock and kick the last uh, the game-winning field goal. Like, those are things that Dan will learn as he gets more experience, more games under his belt. But ultimately, this is about staying, of course, consistency in your direction and developing your head coach along with developing your quarterbacks. And too many owners think they know football, but then they really don't know football, but don't want anybody to know that they really don't know what they don't know having all that money. That could be a big problem with ownerships doing that, what not the Steelers were able to do and not stay the course, and that has worked for the Steelers for so many years. Great stuff by Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, and Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max. And the Detroit Lions were not the only team to lose on a last-second field goal on Thanksgiving Day, but the other team that lost, yeah, they got even bigger problems than the Lions trying to find a win. 
That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And this is ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It is Keyshawn J. Willemax. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Chris Canty on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. Say when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance, visit Progressive.com. That is Progressive.com. You heard that call from Brent Musburg on Radio Nation AM 920. The Cowboys allowed 509 yards, and the defense was called for an additional 116 yards worth of penalties. They're the third defense in the last 40 years to allow at least 500 yards and commit 100 yards plus worth of penalties. The only two, the 2018 New York Jets and the 1989 Pittsburgh Steelers. And Mike McCarthy was not happy about that as Cowboys head coach. Well, the big plays, I mean, that was obviously a part of their offense uh, approach. You know, it has been particularly in a number of situations. They're effective with it today. Uh, 28 penalties. I, I really, I mean, what, I don't know what the hell you want me to say. I mean, so right where you want, I'm all for it. 14 penalties, A, says enough. But B, and we were watching the game, guys, and just a lot of bad positioning by the defense, a lot of bad eyes, guys in position not making tackles. Of course, the penalties didn't help self-inflicted measures from the Dallas Cowboys, but 500-plus yards to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not saying there's soul-searching going on, but there there better be a lot of back-to-basics for this defense before they play the Saints next Thursday. Well, they do need a lot of basics. You know, and not having Randy Gregory in the lineup and Demarcus Lawrence, who hasn't been there for the most part all year long, that, that, that sort of missing personnel hurts a team. And then when you look at the secondary, Trayvon Diggs obviously was, you know, the flavor of the month. He was an MVP candidate the first half of the season, first time. Oh, could he be a DB, be the MVP? All those things lead the league of eight interceptions on the season. But over time, people will find you, and they will find your weaknesses and try to exploit the weakness that you do have. And I think that that is what the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, wind up doing is figuring out what they could attack. And that was the secondary of the Dallas Cowboys. When you look at Hunter Renfro's ability to catch footballs in the short space and get yards after the catch, or you look at Deshaun Jackson's three catches for 100-plus yards, and, and that those are big-time plays. You know, beginning of the game, the long bomb down the field mm-hmm. to Deshaun for, for the touchdown. The 50, I think it was about 55 yards or so. Mm-hmm. When you look at the quick strike ability of – the Raiders against a Dallas secondary that's a little weak when you don't get the pressure up front to harass the quarterback. And Canty would know this. You leave the secondary exposed. 
I don't care who you have in the secondary. You can have Aeneas Williams, Deion Sanders, <laughs> Rob Woodson, and name another when they're Ed Reed. If they're not getting the necessary help from the push-up front, they can't hold up on the back end all day long, and that's what happened to the Cowboys. Yeah, Key, you know what this is, man. I mean, anytime you play as much man coverage as the Dallas Cowboys do, like you're going to open yourself up to some big plays. And when the guys up front don't get home and you got a quarterback that's playing at the level that Derek Carr is playing at, they're going to hit some of those big plays. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. What I was surprised by is after Darren Waller went out of the game, that Dan Quinn continued to stay with a lot of those single high coverages and he didn't decide to, to try to take away some of the things that Derek Carr was doing on the outside and in the middle of the field. Like, you've got to find ways to be able to protect those areas. And Dan Quinn just didn't adjust in that second half, especially when you realize that the Raiders were short on personnel. So I think that's one place where it's fair to be critical of uh, the Cowboys coaching staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this has been something that's been trending in the wrong direction for this defense. I mean, allowing 143 yards on the ground to the Raiders, an outfit that doesn't necessarily have a lot of consistency when it comes to their own run game, and then the Cowboys' defense allowing the Raiders to stay on the field by being able to give them first-down conversions via penalties. Seven first-downs from penalties for the Raiders in yesterday's game from the Cowboys, and then ultimately the four DPIs by Anthony Brown. Of course, the one at the end is the one that we'll all remember, but four DPIs on third-down incompletions by Anthony Brown. That that's the kind of stuff that gets you beat in this league and the Cowboys open the door for it. And then CJ Goodwin jumping off sides, not once, <laughs> but twice at the end when Daniel Carlson's trying to kick the game winning field goal. Like those types of mistakes, those types of miscues are inexcusable. So I get McCarthy wanting to put a lot of this on the refs and maybe some of it is rightfully so because there were some subjective calls, but ultimately this is about being able to clean it up and play play good football, execute at a high and the Cowboys defense just didn't do that yesterday. Yeah, how ironic that number 29 was offside twice for the Cowboys and Carlson kicked a 29-yard field goal to send the Cowboys away. Oh, I see what you did. I see what you yeah, did. I see what you, you did. See, we're here. We're here. Aren't we here? Keyshawn J. Will and Max. He's Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sears XM Channel 80, and also ESPN2. Anytime a guest starts by to join us, they're here thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. Got plenty of people joining us on the Dr. Pepper Hotline at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Gary in Harlem, USA. What you got on the Cowboys? Hey, how y'all doing, man? We're good, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving. Keyshawn, I just want to start by saying I love you, man. Appreciate it. Love you, too, even though I don't know you. <laughs> it's cool, though. Hey, man, who are the Cowboys? Like, who are they? We we haven't figured out their identity yet. I don't think they have neither. It's like a roller coaster ride being a fan for those that team. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like uh... it's like it's up, it's down, yeah. but you know the whole ride, you're always scared, you know, and that's how it is with the fan of being a cowboy. Yeah, it's crazy, Chris and and, and Freddie, that you try to figure out who the moment that you get a Cowboys the love that they certainly deserve, they start. I don't know, man. They just it, it's like they start to backpedal and and give mm-hmm. everybody in Stephen A's of the world. <laughs> the opportunity to poke fun at them. You know, it's just, yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what it is about it. It's just, it, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to answer it because it's like, well, come on, man. Y'all had the Super Bowl champions on the rope at the beginning of the season. You got off to a crazy start. You go to Minnesota with Cooper Rush. You handle that inside that building. 
Then you drop one to Denver, which I kind of get. You're bringing Dak back. They traded Von Miller, so you assume, okay, whatever. They, it is what it is. Then you go out there and blow the doors off Atlanta and then in a, in a, in a tough loss to Kansas City because, you know, you don't have some players and there's no CeeDee Lamb in the second half and, and Zeke was banged up, but you still kind of – you held the offense somewhat in check to only 19 points – and then you, but you only could score nine on the offensive side of the ball, so you kind of get a pass on the road in a hostile environment. Then you go out there and you lose to the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime because of mistakes mm-hmm. that were made. And it's just like, are you ever going to get it right? Because, you know, we talk about first round buys, only one of them. Yep. And right mm-hmm. now, the, right now, the Cowboys ain't gonna get it. No, they're not. They're not gonna get it. It's going. It's in my opinion, either gonna go to the Green Bay Packers or the Arizona Cardinals. Well, here's the deal, and Chris. I'll let you in on this as well. Anytime I look at a great team, I know what I'm getting. For example, mm. there are no great teams in the NFL. But when I see the Patriots, I know what their identity is. When I see the Arizona Cardinals, I know what their identity is. Last night, I, the Raiders, I knew what their identity was. They were going to throw the football and run and be complimentary. With this Cowboys team, their identity, Chris and Keyshawn, it changes week to week. And at a certain point, that's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Freddie. I mean, you just look at it like before – The bye week, the Cowboys, in their first six games, they were over 100 yard rushing in five of them, and they had created multiple turnovers in all of them. And so they're not doing that. They don't have that same formula now. Since the bye week, they've only rushed for over 100 yards once, and they've only had takeaways in two of the five games. So their defense isn't turning the ball over at the same rate, and they're not staying with the ground game. That has been the identity in the first half. That has allowed the Cowboys to jump out to one of those hot starts. And when we talked about the best teams in the conference, that's why we had them in the conversation. They've gotten away from doing that on both sides of the ball. And so I think once they start doing that and then when you start getting some of the key pieces back, when Amari Cooper comes back, CeeDee Lamb, Randy Gregory, hopefully Demarcus Lawrence, you could be talking about that team being able to get back to what they do best. But right now... Their identity is lost, and their coaching staff has to find a way to be able to make it work and get back to the fundamentals and what this team is actually built to do. Jeffrey and Nashville, what do you got to say, boss? Um, I just want to know, what do y'all think about the Indianapolis coach chances of making the playoffs, and what kind of threat do you feel like they could be in the AOC? I think they got a good chance to make the playoffs. They got to keep winning, though, because remember, they're they're behind the eight ball as far as winning the division because Mm -hmm. they lost Mm -hmm. twice to the Tennessee Titans already. They just got to keep winning. If they keep winning, they they already beat the Buffalo Bills. I don't think that the Bills are going to win the division. I think that New England will win that division. So the Bills will be falling into that slot of trying to be a second team out of their out of their division, much like Indianapolis. So if they can just keep winning football games and stacking them up, then they'll have an opportunity to, to get in there because they put themselves behind the eight ball early in the year by losing the games that they were losing. Once you get into the playoffs, you know all bets are off. Now remember, there's seven teams that can get in, mm-hmm. not just six anymore. Right. That's a great point. Yeah, I like the Indianapolis Colts because the way they play – is what plays well once we start talking about December football and getting on to, into the playoffs. They got one of the best offensive lines in football, and they have a guy that I think should be Offensive Player of the Year in Jonathan Taylor. Like, this guy is otherworldly, leading the NFL in yards from scrimmage. You saw the five-touchdown performance he had in Buffalo this past Sunday. So I believe in how this team is built. The only question about whether or not they're actually going to do it 
is the quarterback Carson Wentz because we've seen him at the high end of his ability, being able to make some big-time throws. The one that pops out in my mind is at the end of the Jacksonville game. It's a third down right at the two-minute warning. He makes the completion, converts it. They, they salt away that game. But then we also see Carson Wentz at the end of games make some bonehead plays, the one against the Tennessee Titans in Indy where he's throwing interceptions right in the shadow of his own goal line. Those types of plays can't happen. So what version of Carson Wentz we get is going to determine whether or not the Colts actually get into the dance. By the way, that game at 1 o'clock on Sunday, Buccaneers versus the Colts, that is going to be so much fun, a game that no one's talking about. That could be a really, really critical game involving both of those teams. Freddie, you know what's so crazy is I just looked on my phone. Mm -hmm. The Dallas Cowboys could lose the division. Oh, it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's still up there. There's no doubt about that because the Eagles, they can run the football. They found their identity, as a matter of fact. So it is definitely possible that could possibly happen when it comes to that. Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Candy, Freddie coming to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We got three games in the books. Play more to get to in Week 12. We give you all four downs. 170. What's up? This is Four Downs. And it's time to do a little Four Downs here at Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, and Freddie Coleman. Thanks to Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today and let's get the first down. First down. Buccaneers at Colts, and we just talked about this game, guys, about a couple of minutes ago. Indianapolis Colts, they won three in a row. I think Jonathan Taylor just scored another touchdown against the Buffalo Bills defense last Sunday. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay, they're starting to find their stride a little bit more. They get a key win last week. Key, I'll start with you. First down, Buccaneers and Colts, go. Yeah, I think when you look at this football game, it's a pretty good matchup. The Indianapolis Colts on a running game with Jonathan Taylor. Something that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not allow you to do is run the football, but they will give up the goods on the back end of the secondary. So this is something that will allow Carson Wentz to be the Carson Wentz that we all know of the 2017 year, getting the football down the field, whether it's T.Y. Hilton, whether it's to the tight ends, Michael Pittman Jr., that is what the recipe is for success. Run the football. Even if you're not getting the yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you still need to have the attempts so Carson Wentz could be at his best. On the flip side of things, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Bucs. They're playing pretty good football mm-hmm. with Tom Brady. I know they lost a couple up until last week where we were questioning whether or not the Bucs were for real. I think we all got that answer a week ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this one, Key. It's a strength-on-strength matchup with that run defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against that Colts rushing attack. But the one absence that could potentially loom large is Vita Vea, seeing what his status is, if yeah. he's going to be available. That changes things in terms of the plan for attack for the Colts. And leaning on Carson Wentz, although it does seem like a scary proposition, there are yards to be had against that Bucks secondary. The one thing I will say for the Bucks offense – Although it hasn't necessarily been what we expected them to be, what we saw in the first half, that Bucks offense is going to have to take care of the football. Like you've had, you know, turnovers in all three of your last games, including a turnover last week that ultimately led to a point blank scoring opportunity for the New York Football Giants. As bad as that offense is, so Tampa Bay is going to have to take care of the football going up against the number one defense in takeaways in the Indianapolis Colts. They got 25 on the season, so for the Bucks, taking care of the football, and then whoever wins the battle in the trenches when the Colts are on the field in the run game, that's going to determine who wins. Yeah, and the Colts have a one takeaway in the 12 straight games, tied for the Giants for the longest active streak in the National Football League. Let's get the second down. Second down. 
Titans at the Patriots. By the way, Jacob St. hit us on Twitter. KJ and Max saying a Titans win would be massive and basically make up for their Texans loss. It's one thing to lose to the Texans, but now you're coming into this game, Key, with a hot Patriots team that have won five in a row in the AFC. Yeah, the, the interesting thing here is Vrabel kind of knows the New England Patriots of the past. Two years ago, before Tom Brady went to the New England Patriots, he was the reason that Brady exited the New England Patriots, the big loss in the divisional round up in Foxborough. So now you got a hot, a red-hot New England Patriot team tied with the Buffalo Bills for the division. They know what they need to do against a struggling Tennessee Titan team at times. There's no Derrick Henry in the lineup. They just got rid of Adrian Peterson. So clearly, their running game is suffering. Put all the pressure on Ryan Tannehill. And I think that that is what Bill Belichick and the cast of characters in New England is going to do. Whether or not Julio Jones, in fact, Julio Jones will not be in the lineup. Now you got just A.J. Brown out there as a long ranger. Can the New England Patriots in Jackson, one of the best defensive backs playing in the National Football League right now, take advantage of that? I think that they can. It's going to be a tall task going from Tennessee all the way to Foxborough and trying to upset. Did I say upset? The Patriots? Yes, you did. Is that a word now? (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't think Tennessee is going to end the Patriots' five-game winning streak. I just don't see it happening because the offense of the Titans is one-dimensional. And we saw they struggled against the Texans last week down in Nashville. And Ryan Tannehill throwing three picks in the final 12 minutes of that game. It was his first four-interception game in his NFL career. So being one-dimensional against the Bill Belichick coach defense is the last place you want to be. And in the last six games, that defense has forced multiple turnovers five times. So I just look at this as one of those situations where the Titans got their work cut out for them. And if they don't take care of the football, they're going to find themselves in a world of hurt. By the way, since trailing 7 nothing to the Cleveland Browns in the first quarter of Week 10, the Pages outscored their opponents 70 to nothing. They've allowed Ooh. no points on the last 19 opponent drives. That included nine sacks, five interceptions, and opponents are three for 21 on third down conversions. Ryan Tannehill, you've been warned. Let's get the third down. Third down. So we got the Rams versus the Packers. Rumor has it that Aaron Rodgers will be wearing cleats. We won't see his feet at any point in this game, so we don't have to worry about that from that standpoint. But Keyshawn, you got these two teams. The Rams in a confidence crisis situation. They've lost two in a row, and the Packers trying to rebound at the letting win getaway last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Here's what I would say. Make it three in a row for the Rams. They'll bounce back. That was a divisional game against the Minnesota Vikings. Check this out, fellas. The Los Angeles Rams are going from warm weather where I'm at here in Los Angeles, beautiful warm weather, by I say, nice dome stadium, the, the, the climate perfect, indoors, great football, to a snowstorm, potential snowstorm. Yep. It's going to snow there on Saturday, showers potentially on Sunday with a little bit of sleep. When you look at that, that is going to be something that is going to go against them. They want to throw the football all over the lot. Their running game isn't as great as it was once before. And you going on the road in the weather? Hmm. Watch out. I hear what you're talking about, Key. But if you're Sean McVay, this is exactly why you traded for Matt Stafford for the games like this so you wouldn't be at such a deficit when it came to quarterback play. We saw what happened in the divisional round last year. You sent two first-round draft picks and Jared Goff to Detroit for Matt Stafford. If you're not going to show up off the bye week with all the additions that you made on that team, both on offense and defense, when are you going to show up? Los Angeles Rams need to stand up. This is one of those games that needs to show why you traded for Matt Stafford. Since 2019, Packers 8-0 with one turnover and an average margin of victory of close to 15 points following a loss since 2019. Here's fourth down. 
fourth down. Browns at Ravens. Baker Mayfield's going to play even though he's beat up from the feet up, but at least the Ravens key, they get Lamar Jackson back at quarterback. That's huge for them. Getting Lamar Jackson back is a big plus for them, both in the run game and in the pass game. They struggled with him out in the lineup, but they still won the football game. I think when you look on the other side for Baker Mayfield, he's still trying to prove to the Cleveland Brown fans that he belongs. After a rough week last week, he didn't play well. They won. The fans were booing. He didn't like that. Took some heat for those sort of things. Now it's time to go to the Ravens and beat them and show everybody I am Baker Mayfield. This is why I'm your quarterback, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that the Ravens will fall asleep like they did against the Cincinnati Bengals earlier in the year. Yeah, it's all about the run game for the Cleveland Browns. And so you you have to be able to lean on that just because we know Baker is limited with all the injuries that he's dealing with. So the run game for Cleveland has got to show up. And then that defense has to show up too, Key. Like, I need to see the defense that we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals pop up a couple of weeks ago. That's the defense. That's when they're playing at their best, being opportunistic with some takeaways, being disruptive, getting after the opposing quarterback. Like, that's what it's going to take against Lamar Jackson for the Cleveland Browns to have any path to victory. Now, all of that being said, I still like my Baltimore Ravens <laughs> to be able to get, the done, get it done. I'm just laying it out. If Cleveland were to win, right. this is how they do it. By the way, Cleveland Browns. This is how we do. Oh, well done, Montel Jordan. Wow. Well done in, on a Friday back. morning. By the way, they need to do a lot better for Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield starts fourteen or fewer points in four out of his last five starts as quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Great stuff by Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, and Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Another former NFL wide receiver will bring him to the conversation, and we're going to find out who he thinks will have the edge on Sunday. Is it Aaron Rodgers and his pinky toe, or Matthew Stafford trying to rebound from a two-game losing streak? The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Along Keyshawn Johnson and Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. 
as well as ESPN2. Let's bring another NFL player, another wide receiver to the conversation. We love having our conversation with Harry Douglas, ESPN NFL analyst. He's here on the Goodyear Hotline. Thanks to Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Harry Douglas, when I say 14 penalties each involving the Cowboys and Raiders game last night won by the Raiders, what do you say? I say that is terrible. Uh, referees need to understand that the game is not about them, especially on the game. Games of that magnitude on holidays, on Thanksgiving, right, where you know everyone's watching. And you do have refs, man, who, who try to make the game about themselves by calling penalties, trying to dictate what's going on. Not saying that they, they're, they're trying to root for a certain opponent, but they, they want it to be all about them. They want their attention to be on them. But 28 penalties total in that, in that game, that's ridiculous, man, for especially on a Thanksgiving game. Harry, as you was watching the game and eating them, uh, them can, them can collard greens, you pulled out the can. Not the oxtails. He's not. By the way, see, Keith, not he's not a turkey fan. He told me yesterday he's not a turkey fan. He was eating oxtail last night. You know, oxtails. I get down with oxtails too. I, I don't mind that. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have a turkey as we talked about just for the look or whatnot. The Cowboys <laughs> certainly haven't looked well over the last four games. How much concern, though, losing three out of four, not only should the Cowboys be concerned, but their fan base? Is there concern there, or should we just be like, whatever? Uh, no, I think so, with the simple fact that um, that things start to linger again, right? Uh, are we really as good as we say we are? Are, are we a Super Bowl contending team? Um, you look at that pass defense last night. Listen, Brown had four pass affairs calls. And that, that, that's, that's crazy to me. That's crazy I, to me. But, I and, 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 I, and I look at this. But I'll tell you this. Or don't have them playing man-to-man coverage. KYP, yeah. know your personnel, Keith. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's not, like, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not like Deshaun Jackson is not one of the best deep threats in NFL history. So why are you playing man coverage? Yeah, he's going to run past, he yeah, gonna you, run past anybody, hey, too. And you've seen Hunter Renfro ate him up in man coverage. So in-game adjustments, right? That's one of the things that Dan Quinn didn't do a great job of here in Atlanta in that show yesterday as well on the defensive end. So, Harry, with that being said, man, are the Cowboys still one of those teams that can get a hold of the number one seed in the NFC when it comes to playoff seeding? Or do you see somebody else in the conference that you would think should be the front runner? Um. They, do they have a chance? I still think they 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 have a chance when they have everybody healthy. You got to remember now they was out they was out without Amari Cooper and C D Lamb. That's that's two of they two of they workhorses, right? Two of they workhorses mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position. But I I still believe that they have an opportunity to get that number one seed. They just got to have everybody healthy. They can't do it with with a guy being out here, a guy being out there. It's not going to work like that. Harry Douglas, ESPN Football Alex joining Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Canty, and Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn J Will and Max. Real quick. The Cardinals have the best record in the NFC. Do you believe that they are the best team in the NFC, and why and why not? I'll tell you this. We can't say that they aren't because we've seen the way everybody else is playing. Uh, so right now I have the Cardinals at number one. I- I've seen seen the Rams get trampled twice in a row, once against the Tennessee Titans. They, get, they got out physical, and then against the San Francisco 49ers, they got out physical. Uh, but I'll tell you this. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get healthy, they're going to be a force to reckon with. we got to remember, that team still isn't healthy right now. And they're missing it. I think Antonio Brown is the key piece for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense because he adds a shifty guy that can win one-on-one in the slot, on the outside. Tom Brady trusts him. He didn't trust him. He went and vouched for him to be there. So 
Uh, Tony O'Brown, when they get him back, I think they and that defense gets back healthier. I think they still gonna be a team to reckon with as well. Yeah, I've been fighting. I was fighting Arizona. I gave up though. I just I, I'm gonna let them just, I'm gonna let them kill off themselves. I'm tired of fighting them, and because I was fighting them, I've, I've been fighting them all year long. But it's like whatever, man. They they done went out there winning with Colt McCoy, winning without DeAndre and in Mighty Mouse, and I, I just can't. No, I'm, good. I, I'm like they the best team, man. I just give up until somebody else show me something different. Who the best team in the AFC right now? No, Harry, is it the New England Patriots or is it the Baltimore Ravens? I'll tell you this: it's nobody. It's so much parity right now in, in, in the National Football League. I can't just give that title to anyone, man. But I will tell you this. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are up there because they find ways to win, even when guys are out. Right? Can you win when, when you don't have your horses? Can you win? Can you find a way to win, especially Lamar Jackson? And we know what this team is without Lamar Jackson. For them to come out with that win last week against the Chicago Bears without Lamar Jackson was huge for that team. And it gave them a lot of confidence boosting. And they had the best kicker in the game, right? So, so if you're 60, you can still attempt a field goal. And I say 80% of the chance, you know your field goal kicker is going to make it, right? So when you have all those things in line and then you have a head coach, I think everything everything's about foundation, Keith. You, you look at the top of the organization, you look at Harbaugh, then you have Lamar. Everything just trickles down with that thing. Hey, Harry, we're going to let you go on that one, okay, man, because we're up against it, man. Really appreciate the time, Harry. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, appreciate it. Great stuff. Harry Douglas, ESPN Football Analyst. Hit him on Twitter, HDouglas83. Joining Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn Johnson, and Chris Canton, and KJ, and Max. The biggest concern for the Dallas Cowboys, the answer from both Chris and Keyshawn. That's next on ESPN Radio. Continue the ESPN app and 6XM Channel 80. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 